Hebrews chapter 4. Now, I'm going to give you a, a Bible lesson tonight that will be a blessing for you tonight, stir you up towards maybe a little stronger and deeper love for the Scripture. And it will also equip you towards getting more out of your Bible in the future. I have a strong desire to help you grow in your Christianity and to have the tools that you need to be able to go forward for God. I'm very interested. Of course, we've got 28 years in with the pastoring here. And as I'm looking at the next 25, 28 years, whatever the Lord gives me here, I'm looking at wanting the body of Christ to learn how to edify itself in love, to build one another for you ladies and you men, and especially you men, to learn uh, the, the leadership of Christianity, not dominating people, but to help people to grow and to go forward. And uh, I'm just excited what the Bible has for us. And uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to give you a truth about that. I'm going to speak to you on the subject of how to get the most out of your Bible. How to get the most out of your Bible, and you'll find it helpful to you. Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to go to several different passages. Um, Verse 2, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, I'm not going to go time to expound and, and give a dissertation on who the them was and all of that. That's not the purpose of this. That's certainly a good study. But I want you to understand you have people here, some who were profited by the Word of God, some who were not profited by the Word of God. And it wasn't because the Word of God was lacking. It's because the Word wasn't mixed with faith in some of these. And so we see there was a circumstance of the person that affected how the Bible affected them. All right, so we see that in Hebrews chapter 4. Let me turn you to another passage. Look in Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to give you four different passages here, all of them New Testament, but look in Matthew chapter 11. Remember our subject being this, how to get the most out of your Bible. And I'm showing you through the Scripture that how we approach the Bible and what we do towards the Bible affects what we get out of the Bible. Matthew chapter 11. When you find that, I want to make a statement to you lest I neglect to say it later in in the message. A statement I heard said, of course, Brother John Jenkins with us, been with us the last couple of three years preaching and, and uh, during our Mid-Ohio Bible Conference. And then, of course, this year, as he did last year, stayed over for the Wednesday, or this year stayed over for the Wednesday night service and has been with us and has really enjoyed his time among us. He's been with us in Missions Revival also. Brother John, I heard him make a statement last year at the, or at the beginning of this this year. And I'm telling you, you just hear a statement every now and then, it just sticks with you. And, and does more than just, oh, that's an interesting quotation. I like quotations. I collect them. I put together books of quotations that I collect from different sources. But um, this one just affected me, and it's affected what I do in, in so many areas. He asked the question. He didn't claim originality to it, so I don't know if it's original with him or not. But Brother John asked this question when he's preaching. He said, are you an informational reader or are you a transformational reader? And, of course, Brother John didn't ask that way. You know, Brother John, yeah. Well, I ask you, are you on information? You know, that's Brother John. But he, he, of course, he asked that question, and he went on to elaborate. And, and as soon as he said it, I'm like, oh, my soul. In other words, do you read just to get information, or do you read to have your life actually affected? And uh, I've been saying for a long while, church is a place where you come to learn how to live for God. 
You get equipped with the tools from the Scripture so you can follow God so that your faith can grow and your personal relationship so that you can go forward for God. That's what it's supposed to be. And as I heard that, I said, my goodness, I want to make sure I'm a transformational reader. I've taught you for a long time. It's better to read slowly. I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. But to let the Word of God affect us and affect what we do. Are you in Matthew chapter 11? If not, you're not going to find it, all right? Matthew 11, look in verse 15. Jesus made this statement, in fact, made it several times through the gospel accounts at different times. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He's not talking about the... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I just think it's something Luke said that makes it funny. Of course, they've been in Texas and Oklahoma down there the last week or so, but... um, (laughs) So I asked him, I wasn't wearing a mask. He's, he's like, he says, my statement's going to be, I have prosthetic ears. Um, but anyway, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you about got that with your cochlear implants. And uh, I, think you're the, I think you're the source of that. But anyway, he just, he's being honoring. But, um, but Jesus wasn't talking about, do you have the physical ears or not? He said, he that hath ears to hear, that's a way of listening, a way of profiting. Do you hear profitably or not with that? Look in uh, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I'm giving you just an idea that people are affected how they approach the Word of God, either in reading it or hearing it, affects how it affects them. Acts chapter 17. I'm going to show you some different scenarios with them. Jesus making that statement, of course, and and then understanding that. But Acts chapter 17. And look, if you will, please, in, uh, in, in verse, verse 11, where Paul and Silas have come to Berea, and look what it says in verse 11. These, the Jews that were in Berea, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that, they received the Word with all... What type of mind? Readiness, Readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily. Once they heard it, they checked it out. But look, they didn't check it out as a scorner or a critic. They verified it, which you should always do, because the Bible is the final authority. But when they did it, they didn't come with an arrogant or a scornful or, or a critical spirit, which of course is, is that's, that's at odds against the Spirit of God. But it says they searched the Scripture daily whether those things were so. And what happens then, it says, verse 12, therefore, because of the way they listened, because of their spirit of coming to it, many of them believed. So a revival that happened and the work of God that happened happened by how they came to the Word of God. When the Word of God was presented to them, they were listening. They had a readiness of mind. They searched the Scripture and said, is this right? And they didn't have a critical spirit. And because of that, God did a great work among them. Now, I'm talking to you tonight about how to get the most out of your Bible. Look, uh, Paul said we are the savor of life unto life and death unto death and who is sufficient for such things. 
There are things that I preach at times which are life to people. They get them and it's like life to them. And there's other people, it's like, a, it's like the acts of judgment coming down because of the rejection of truth. And I understand because normally, obviously, this place is packed. And when I'm, when I'm preaching to crowds of people, I understand this, that there are people who are receiving, there are people who are rejecting, there are people who are hardening their heart away from truth, there are people who are coming towards truth. And who in the world is sufficient for such things? But how the people are affected is because of their condition, not because of the Word. That Bible right there is the Word of God and it's good. There's no doubt about that. That's never the issue. But how I will go forward, how you will go forward, is determined by our response and how we are towards the Word of God. I desire for you to have the most you can have from the Word of God and be the most blessed you can be in your Christian life. Let me give you one other scripture and then get into just a, a few truths I'll, I'll give you here and, and kind of put it together, organized for you so you can take it home with you and it'll help you. 1 Thessalonians 2, let's look at that. 1 Thessalonians 2. We've seen that uh, there were some people who the Word didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed faith in them. We, we see that Jesus said, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. We see that there are these people in, in uh, Berea. They, a revival happened there. Why? Because they received the Word of God. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 has a great statement in it. Look in verse 13. The apostle by the Spirit of God makes a statement in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. He says, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Now what is this that's caused the apostle to be continually thanking God? For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye heard, or when you received rather, the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. If you think that Bible is, just contains the word of God, that men have done their best to keep it as good as they can down through the years, and that's the best it is, then you will always be limited in your relationship with God because you have a wrong view of His Word. This is the Word of God. And God Himself has superintended its keeping. Say, preacher, that's a pretty narrow view. It's a narrow view uh, arrived at by a lot of years of study. I'm not a scholar, but I am a student. And I'm going to tell you the primary source for me to know that God's Word has been perfectly preserved, kept by the Spirit of God, is God's Word itself because He promised to do so. But then I look and I see that God has brought things down in an unbroken line even though there's been persecution and bloodshed and everything else trying to stop the Word of God. And thank God I've got this Bible. And, and why? Because it, it is the Word of God. When someone comes to the Bible knowing it's the Word of God, not just the Word of man, it makes a complete difference in how they receive it. If this is the Word of God, then it's the end of our argument. I don't argue with this book. I don't go looking around for some new translation for, to try to understand what it says. If I don't understand verses, it's not because it needs translated again. It, it's because I need illumination of the Holy Spirit on it. And we've got to get over our pride and be willing to look at things in the Bible and sometimes say, I don't know. When I'm out witnessing to people, I've been a preacher of the gospel almost 40 years. And when I'm out preaching and witnessing to people, people will sometimes ask me a question. And my answer is, I don't know. I don't have to know all the answers. And certainly I study to try to be able to give a right answer and a proper answer. But listen to me. What they need is to know about Jesus Christ. And once that foundation's in, then they can learn everything. 
When I stand before you as a congregation, the complexities and the questions and the things that come into people's lives and sometimes in counseling sessions and whatever I'm dealing with, whether it be marriages or businesses or health situations, whatever I'm trying to help guide people in, sometimes the answer is, I don't know. It used to intimidate me some as a younger pastor, but it doesn't anymore because I know this. I, I'm not called to know everything. I'm called to love you all and serve you as Christ would serve you. And I'm called to open the Word of God and feed you and study to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. God takes care of the rest of it. So when I look at this and I see what God's done here and I see this verse, it's an amazing thing. He says again in verse 13, I'll finish it out. It says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Why? Because when you received the Word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God. By the way, which effectually... That's not a hard word to figure out, is it? You can see the root. It's effective. It has an effect which effectually, effectually worketh also in you that believe. And what is this? The Word of God works. That's all there is to it. That, it makes a difference, you know? It changes our lives. It's, it's something inside of us. Sure, there's a lot of people who play at religion. I have no doubt at Lighthouse Baptist Church, I probably preach to some unsaved people every week. Not just the ones we know that profess they haven't accepted Christ yet, yet attend our services, but I mean people who don't actually have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. They've never been born again. They've got Baptist religion. They may have even got dunked in this water here, but they don't have the real relationship with Jesus Christ. But I do know this, that the Word of God effectually worketh in those who believe. My job is not to discern where everybody is. My job is to get the Word of God out. And it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it does its job. Now, how can you get the most out of the Bible? I don't know if you know this, Now I get very excited about the Bible. I got a lot of books. I got a couple of large libraries. I do a lot of reading. My wife, bless her heart, cleaning up my books around the house, always. One stack we move, another stack comes. And uh, I don't read them, it just looks cool to have stacks of books. But, uh, no, about, uh, we enjoy, we've got the different things we do. But I'm going to tell you what, I get excited about this book. Today, today, I, I, I grabbed a late lunch. I, I, broke, I broke one of my teeth right before I preached Sunday night. I bit into an almond, it bit back, knocked off back chunk of my molar. So I walked in here and I thought, well, there you go, man. That's good. I can, I can preach longer. My mouth's not as heavy now. I got part of a tooth missing. But I went to the dentist today and so they checked it out and then I went and grabbed a little bit of a late lunch and, uh, and uh, no almonds. But I, um, I got talking there and, uh, and, and got talking today to uh, uh, Dave and, and Randy Hubbard. And of course, you know, they've visited church here and stuff. They, they own the Scramblers restaurant, seven, four of those. And, and, uh, but we got talking about some things about the Scripture. And talking about some things as, as she's finishing nursing school and be going into that and talking about what it's going to mean for her to be able to be a witness in some areas and such. And I'll tell you what was a wonderful thing today, just to be able to say, here, here's what the Word of God is. Here's some help from the Word of God. Why? It's what people need. And God's people just gravitate to that because they want to be helped from the Word of God. What you learned tonight about approaching your Bible for your private study which is what the main thing is, it should also apply in your approach when hearing the word preached. Let me give you some things tonight about how to get the most out of your Bible and to love the Bible. Are you ready? These are very simple. Number one, come to the Bible expectantly. Come to the Bible expectantly. So what I mean by that preacher? Well, just like it sounds, come expecting to get something. You say you get something deep out of every time you read the Bible? No. 
I, like you, sometimes come down to an end of a chapter. <laughs> I love this. And I go, what did I just read? You ever do that? I read that. Uh, I'll read it again. What did I just read? And it's just like my brain. You know, my, my, my brain cells are social distancing. It's like, woo, they're gone. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you don't feel well. Sometimes you get focused. Sometimes, you know, I'm thinking something else I have to do. Now, I know you all never do that. You're great spiritual giants, but I, I have to watch that stuff, right? And then there are sometimes it seems like every verse just has so much in it. Brother Oz used to tell some of his young preachers, he used to say, fellas, when you get ideas for sermons, write them down. He says, because some days everything you see is a sermon that will help your people. And he says, other times you're going to be looking at your Bible saying, I know there has to be something in there. Well, the man was right. (laughs) And sometimes I go through in very sweet and precious things. And God just seems to load up. I mean, I don't go for, and if you do, this isn't a problem. People's minds work differently and respond to different types of structures differently. I have structure in what I do, but I don't go reading looking for sermons ever. I go looking for God. That's how I approach the Bible. I ask God what His people need, and I go that, and He gives me overflow for all we do here. But listen to this. When I don't, I don't set myself out, I need to do a certain amount of chapters or verse something like that. If you do and you work well that way, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm not putting that down. I'm just telling you the way I work. There's some days, one or two verses. Man, I can be in that verse. I can be in a couple of verses for 45 minutes or an hour. Just looking around, ideas, other verses attached to it. Other days, read chapter after chapter. Won't be anything jump out at me, but it's been good to be around the Word of God. But come to it expectantly. I always expect to get something. I'm not angry if something doesn't show up. I don't get upset if something doesn't show up. I don't try to force it. You understand that? But it come, I believe that's the Word of God. I believe God's the author of that book. I believe my King James Bible is the Word of God. I believe that, that God's the author of that book. And I will tell you something. You said, well, men tend to doubt. Well, I know that, silly. But I'm telling you, God's the author. It wasn't man's idea. And if that's God's book, and it is, and when I got saved, God's Holy Spirit came to live inside of me, then I can very, very confidently come saying God's going to teach me something. I believe what the Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is as a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I believe that passage. And I ask God for wisdom, and he's got wisdom in his word. So I believe when I come to his word, I'm going to get something. How do you come? Do you expect to get something? Man, when you don't, you'll get about what you expect. Every now and then, and you can't always tell by people's expressions. I learned that a long time ago. But sometimes, you know, people just do this thing. Yeah, try to teach me. Try to Yeah, I try to Well, if someone comes with that attitude, they're going to have a hard time getting something. But man, when you come looking for good, you say, Preacher, didn't you know the crowd was going to be down tonight? I knew there were going to be less people. What do you mean by down? It's the middle of the week. We're in church. We got the word of God. We had some great songs to sing. Yeah, great little song later. We had some great songs. We get to be together, and we've not shut down the service here all, all through all this nonsense. And God's met with us. Why shouldn't we be excited? Why? Because God's in it. So come to the Bible expectantly. What do you expect to get out of your Bible? Do you think you have to have some kind of formal education? I've had people within this church say, "Well, preacher, you know, I never went to Bible college." I'm saying, "So what?" I'm not putting down education. I got a couple of degrees, but I'm not worried about that. I started learning that Bible when I was a 15 year old kid and got saved. 
A lot of the material I use, I go back now, Brother Andrew, and look at notebooks I filled out 16 and 17 years old when I first started preaching, and it's some of the base truths that I use for pastoring now as a 56-year-old man. I didn't get it from a class. I got it from the Word. Why? Because that book's good. Do you come looking for something? Do you want to learn? Well, God will, God will help you if you want it. Number two, come surrendering to the truths revealed. And this goes back to that thing of being a transformational reader. You come surrendering to the truths revealed. In other words, we come with the heart saying, God, when you show me something, I'm going to act on it. Now, can I say something to you very candidly tonight? And you won't think I've kind of lost it or not spiritual on you. That can be scary. Oh, no, I trust God's Word completely. You may well, and I commend you for doing that. But anytime we as humans give up the facade of control that we think we have. I say, what's a facade? It's a fake front. <laughs> See, there's some things we think we have control over. We don't. Tell you how much we actually have control over. We, we have a responsibility and control over our spirit and how we respond to things. But man, if there was ever a year that we've lived through that should teach us that things can really go weird... Okay, if we haven't got that message yet, then we are dense as rocks. Everybody knew this couldn't happen and knew that wouldn't happen. How'd that go this year? That's a great, huh? Okay. And the point of that is that uh, we're very limited what we can do, but there is always an element of fear. What if God puts his finger on that one thing in your life that you are kind of wondering if he might want to talk to you about? I'm just telling you, it's different if we come surrendered to the truths revealed. A lot of people take notes in our church. I don't mind that. You write down verses to study later. I don't mind that at all. I even encourage it as long as you're listening and not just treating it like a lecture. But listen, God doesn't want your notebook. And He doesn't want you to just fill up, hey, I know these neat facts, and you learn historical facts, and you, you get the Bible expounded to you, you get all that stuff here. But listen to me. All that's important and good. I'm for it. I'm for a bit of it. But what God's after is our heart. And that's being good in Him. So when we come, what does God want to do with us? Then, not only come to the Bible expectantly, come surrendering to truths revealed, but come expecting to use the truth that is revealed. When God reveals the truth to me, I expect at some point I'm going to get to use it. I've been amazed at the different times that I have read something in the Scripture just happened a couple weeks ago. I read a passage that just caught my attention. I got thinking on it. I checked what a certain word meant and I kind of did a little deeper study and I thought, well, that's interesting. It was early morning. I promise you, before noon that day, one of our church members called and said, Pastor, I got a real question, something going on with this particular thing. It was like, point on. I said, hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you what I got this morning because right here is what you're after. Come expecting to use what God reveals to you. How many of you believe the Scripture when it says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost and not our own? Both probably should believe that. We're supposed to glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. That's Scripture, right? Okay. God never, never chose a vessel they didn't intend to use. The fact that God's chosen you to be his vessel means that he intends to use you. And uh, he's able to use us no matter how limited or how fractured we may be from previous things that have happened. 
If we'll be right and want to serve Him and be honest and get, get honest and clean with Him, He'll use us. So come expecting to use the truth revealed. And then let me say to you, come unhurriedly. So I mean by that, preacher. Well, don't be in a big hurry about it. Don't try to plow through things. Don't sit there and say, well, I wonder when you'll be done. Okay. Now, I've preached a few where that was legit. I'll give you. <laughs> I felt like the old, the old guy the one time, he was getting kind of kind of a little bit, you know, lost in his mind and kept preaching, kept preaching. And finally he said something worth hearing and someone in the congregation said amen. And the poor old preacher said, I've been looking for that word for 25 minutes. Now let's go home. <laughs> this guy was looking for the landing strip and couldn't find it. I've been there. I've preached a few messages when I wondered why I was going to get done. So I can imagine what you folks were putting up with. But when people come in in a hurry... I've told you the true story when I first came to church. We first came on this property. Of course, none of these buildings here. We had the old building that sat there and they hadn't started developing and building and everything. And someone came up to me in all seriousness. They said, we want to let you know that we're used to being out of here exactly by 12. And they did the whole, you know, hang on the thing. Uh, they said that we're used to being out here exactly by 12. I thought you did not just say that to me. Our church never saw 12 again for eight years. It wasn't going to happen. If I was done, I added half a sermon to it. No, don't do that. That's like waving the red flag in front of a bull. You don't do that nonsense to me. Um, tell me, you know, you can come talk to me about anything. But don't tell me what to preach, when to preach, or how long to preach. That's, that's God's business. But here's the point. The point of it is that if we come in a hurry and our mind's on what's coming next, then we'll miss what, what God has for us. Now let me talk to you and, and let you understand something. Let you understand that I do understand. I've got truth and a little humor mixed in there. But listen to this. Sometimes you can come in and there are worries and concerns that are weighing so much on your heart. And there are things that seem like they're looming, you know, you've got to deal with or whatever, that it makes it a lot harder to concentrate like you'd like to. And you don't have a rebellious heart. It's not that you don't care about what's going on. It's just very easy to miss what God has for you. Let me encourage you about something. It's worth taking the time to intentionally pay attention to what's going on in church. Did it ever occur to you that God purposefully wants us to meet together? He did give a command we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's why we've never shut our doors. Why? Because there's something about what God wants us to do. Now hold on. Does anybody in this room think that God is surprised by who's here tonight? I have no idea you all were coming at all. It's a, uh, really very pleasant. I'm how happy it makes me just to, to see you all. And Kathleen, I, I figured him out. But man, you went from a little girl to a young adult lady since I saw you. I'm very glad you all are here. Never met you before. Knew them well when they were kids. But I'm glad you're here. And I'll know who you are when we come back again. But they, um, I have to ask your name, but I'll, I'll, I'll know who you are. But here's the thing about it. This isn't a surprise. My wife asked me with things. You know, she said, How, who do you think will be there? Whatever. I said, I'm not sure. I told her this, but I do know this. They come. I said, the Word of God's going to be ready. And we're going to have the best, most excellent time we can. Why? Here's the reason. It's worth it. I believe when the Bible's open that you can get things that will help you with the very next step you need in your life. And it is really easy, not because you're being bad, not because you're being hard towards the Word of God. It is very easy with the complexities of life to carry the weight into the sanctuary, to be thinking and miss 
that very thing you needed while you were here. It, it breaks my heart. I've had people say to me, and I mean people who are good, loving, loyal people in our church, Preacher, I'm sorry, I missed almost everything you said today. I was so worried about this or about that. My heart breaks when somebody says that. I'm not angry at them. I don't think they're trying to be rebellious. But you know why my heart breaks? Because it, it did. It so overcame them that they missed exactly what they needed. You know one of the crazy things that's going on with people with this illness? And it's not because people are dumb. It's just what's happening with it. They, they're not eating or drinking. Because they don't feel like it. And they're not moving around. Well, here's some major problems with that. You don't have to go very long without drinking, especially if you're running a fever. And by the way, if you are running a fever, do not shut down the fever. That's God's design for your body to fight it. And when you artificially lower the fever, you prolong the illness. You start spiking 100, 304, do something about that. But I'm, not, I'm talking about it to lower the ranges. But listen to me. One of the worst things you can do is allow yourself to dehydrate. And just water will not hydrate you properly. You get your sodium levels off. You get your potassium levels off. You have major problems going on. Your body has to have sodium for every uh, electrical process in it to work properly. You can end up everything from heart arrhythmia to you name it. Your brain won't work right. Now we know the reason why we have things going on with us. Um, and what happens is people aren't getting in what they need. You say, well, why aren't they doing it? Because they don't feel like it. It's either making them nauseous or they can't taste anything, can't smell anything. Yeah. The other thing people are doing because they're very fatigued and testify to that is they, they just lay. Well, that if you want to say hello pneumonia, move into me, that'll do it. If you broke your ankle and you lay around for a week and don't move your body, you get pneumonia from it. And when you've got a disease that has respiratory implications with it and you don't make yourself move, I'm not talking about jogging. I'm just talking about standing up or something. But you know why they don't do it. It's because that's not what you feel like doing when you're knocked down with this stuff, Right? So, as is the situation in so many things in life, what you actually need to get better is exactly what you don't feel like doing at times. Can we relate to that? Can I tell you it's the same thing that ends up happening when people come in hurriedly or they come in and don't get what you need while you're in church to say, well, how do I overcome that? Number one, you need to actually talk to the Lord about it in your mind. Say, God, I'm distracted. I want what your Word has. Here's the other thing you do. Start right with the song service. Instead of just standing there because you feel numb, because you're hurting so bad, make yourself to sing. We don't do song service because that's what you always do at church. You know, there was a reason why they sang a hymn before they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. There was a reason why, why that was part of what goes on. There's a reason why the Bible says, it says speaking to yourselves in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. It's because it preps your heart to receive the Word of God. Man, when we were singing that tonight, I got blessed. Uh, blessed assurance. Thank God. Jesus is mine. Boy, what a good song that is. What a day that will be. Amen? Thank God for it. And I'll tell you what, I've been uh, on, on the uh, uh, phone untold hour after untold hour over the last just number of days. Sick person, sick person, sick person. You know there's going to come a good day where that's not there anymore and our people won't be hurting. You get to thinking about that. You, what will happen? It brings your mind to a place where the Word of God can help you. Oh, let's be wise and let's do these things. Then let me say to you, come with a proper emphasis. The emphasis being not for entertainment. We enjoy church. 
we have a lot of laughs. You get to laugh a lot because my words get tangled and I, I write down wrong references and do all those crazy things. Um, and we have fun and weird things happen in our service. And you all have seen it happen time after time. But that's all good. There's a fellowship. There's a camaraderie. That's good. I'm for all of that. But let's come with the proper emphasis. The proper emphasis is so that we can, be, we can encounter the Word of God and we can go forward. Hey, when you're, when you're studying the Bible yourself, it's not so you can become smart in the Bible. It, go looking for God. Jesus said that, didn't He? He said, search the Scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of Me. And He walked with those men on the road to Emmaus and asked Him, He said, what are these communications you have as you walk and are sad? And, uh, and they said, art, art thou yet a stranger of Jerusalem and not known the things which have happened? He said, what things? He said, Jesus of Nazareth, the mighty in word and deed, we thought it had been He which should deliver Israel. And then they went on and talked about these. And He said, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have written. And He began at Moses, which is the first five books of the Bible, and expounded unto them. That's Bible word. He brought out to them all things concerning Himself. Later on, they would testify that their heart burned within them when Jesus opened the Scripture and told them who He was. Let's come with the right emphasis. Let's come looking for God. I love doctrine. I love how structure fits together. I like to put it together. I, get, I, I think it's neat finding certain things, you know. But you always want to come looking for God. And then let me say to you tonight, come to it even if nothing apparently comes from your coming. Come to it even if nothing apparently comes from your coming. You say, man, I read a whole chapter. I didn't get anything out of it. Ah, but you were, you were in a good neighborhood. <laughs> I came to church and the Bible was pretty well. I guess I just didn't get anything out. But you were in a good neighborhood. May I say something to you and I hope you'll take how serious this is because I mean this just so completely soberly. We do not always know what is affecting us for good. Sometimes things will be planted in us by the Spirit of God. And we're not even aware while it's happening. And it bears fruit later. And we look back and go, oh, that's something. <laughs> I know whatever befall me, Jesus led me all the way. All the way, my Savior leads me. Why? He does it through His Word. He does it by His Word. He does it in accordance with His Word. You want to get the most you can out of your Bible? Have ears to hear? I'll tell you how you do it. Have your heart right towards the Bible. Submit to it. Don't judge it. Uh, preachers get up. Well, a better translation would be, oh, hush your mouth. Preach the Word and let the Word correct you. Don't correct it. Let God be true and every man a liar. It's the Word of God. You say, well, not everybody believes that. I'm not responsible for what everybody believes. I've got no plan B. I have no other assurance than the Word of God. So aren't you afraid just to throw yourself completely on it? I'd be afraid not to. Where shall I go? Man's philosophy. Shall I go to the curdled milk of man's intellect looking for eternal truth? Where will I go? To the vagaries of society and societal norms and what's going on in culture? What will I depend upon? My own capacities for reading and linguistical skills? <laughs> That's great. But what if I actually have the Word of God given and preserved 
And I can trust what it says. That's a precious place to be. That's a precious place to be. I love you folks. I'm glad we got a book. And I'm glad you got a book that you can trust. Let me pray with you, all right? Father, thank you for your people gathered tonight. What a pleasure it's been to be with them. God, may we ever be open and warm-hearted towards your Scripture and honor you because of it. God, you're good to us. And we appreciate your goodness. Help us tonight to be committed to hear with hearing ears. To turn away from foolishness and the shallowness of this world to the allurement of the flesh and turn instead to your word. God, may we be, be wise with what you've given us, please. Amen. Let's stand together. Actually, I have song invitation tonight. We've had good invitation even without. But Cheryl begins to play. You need to come tonight. There will be something you commit yourself to with the Lord. Maybe ask Him to give you hearing ears. Open your heart towards the things of God. Why don't you come as she plays?